exclamation point. The most excellent 80s movies podcast and our exploration of Star Trek for the voyage home. Are you all in the right place? <laughs> ah, well, we're so happy to have you. Um, uh, do we have any listeners out there? Listeners of the podcast? Or is everybody new to the podcast? Listener, yay. We got one. Excellent. Woo. Well, uh, you can certainly find our podcast wherever the finest podcasts are stored and downloaded. Uh, again, we are the most excellent 80s movies podcast. And uh, at the end, we are going to have some uh, trivia and uh, some little prize bags. So stick around to the end and you could walk away with um, some cool stickers uh, from all of our various projects of myself and uh, my co-host and our guest, uh, as well as some free tickets to the Neighborhood Comedy Theater and some other fun uh, and exciting little tidbits. So. What do you think, you guys? Are you ready to, to get started? Yeah, I'm excited. Are, excited? are we ready to step into the final frontier? We are ready to wade into the final uh, frontier. I feel like more like voyaging home. Yeah? Should we yeah. voyage home? Yeah. Yes, okay. Well, let's do it. Uh, hello and welcome to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker, a comedian, and their fabulous podcaster, writer, doer of many things, guests, uh, we search for the perfect way to beam up our love of the 80s movies we think we love <laughs> or might have missed or might have even missed with these our modern grown-up eyes to decide how well they've held up. Uh, my name is Chrissy Lenz. I am the director of the Neighborhood Comedy Theater here in downtown Mesa, Arizona. And with me as always... Uh, my name is Nathan Blackwell. I'm a uh, local filmmaker. Um, He's the Arizona Filmmaker <laughs> of the Year, friends. <laughs> He's too humble to say that part, so I have to say it every time. Uh, and with us today is uh, somebody who you can see here at Phoenix Fan Fusion, just kind of all over the place, always done, already done one super amazing uh, panel this morning, The Joker, Laughter Turns to Screams. Who was at that one? Yeah, excellent. And uh, we can see you at a bunch of uh, other panels uh, throughout the weekend. But mostly people can hear you. And, and what can they uh, hear from you? Kyle, uh, introduce yourself, please, and tell us a little bit about all the amazing things that you do. Sure, my name is Kyle Olson. I am uh, predominantly a podcaster. I do a podcast with Chrissy. Uh, called the Cool Time Dice Hour, which is an actual play, role-playing game recorded live at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater. Uh, we've done about, I don't know, a dozen of them or more. I think so. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're on hiatus now. We're going to starting our second season, uh, so you can come out and see that. It is super fun. It is uh, light, heavy on fun and light on rules, so if you don't know D&D, &D, you don't have to know anything. Most of the players don't know anything about it, so we try and keep it. Uh, we're trying to take some of that improv comedy thing along with role-playing to make something fun and accessible and, and a lot of very silly. Very silly. Very silly. We, we, so we, we've silly. been, uh, let's say, I've had you be uh, three animals in a human suit trying to buy some sushi. Yep. That was a fun one. Uh, let's see, we've, done, we've had uh, old people trying to solve mysteries. And murders. And murders. Yes. That's right. We've so, done some straight up D&D. Yep. At the Renaissance Festival was where it took place. Uh, but this Saturday, uh, which is tomorrow at 1.30 in uh, North 131 ABC, we're doing Cool Time Dice Hours. You can come uh, hear us and see us there. Yeah. But what else do you do that they should hear? And I have an audio drama podcast called the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society. 
Uh, I, I'm wearing the merch of it right now. Uh, I also have some stickers of that if you're fans of that and you want to come up, or even if you just like cool stickers. Uh, and there, are, there might be some prizes in the bag that yeah. you might like too. So that is yeah. a, uh, yeah. Okay, excellent. So we are here today to talk about uh, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, a movie selection from 1986, about which Google says, <laughs> Living in exile on the planet Vulcan, the ragtag former crew of the USS Enterprise steal a starship after receiving a planetary distress, distress call from Earth. A space probe has entered into orbit around Earth, disabled global power and the planet, and evaporated the oceans. That's kind of what happened <laughs> in Star Trek IV. The Voyage Home. The Wrath of Whales. The Wrath of Whales. <laughs> it really is the Wrath of Whales. The whales are going to destroy our planet in minutes, and they murder literally dozens of people across the vastness of space. It's, the, the probe is not piloted by whales. You don't think that by probe space is whales? Piloted? Of course we it's piloted by whales. We don't know who is whales. piloting the probe. We never find out. Okay. Of course it's piloted by your, whales. Your anti-whale agenda is not going to get any airtime <laughs> oh, again God. for you're another well, podcast episode. You're well-established well anti-whale. Yeah. Well. They should have just dropped them off on the earth. Yeah. Well, they wanted to see just if they had any bugs there first. Yeah. Who thinks it's whales in the probe, anyone? Okay, right. at least less than half a dozen people are, are with me on this. Less than half a dozen less people. Than half a dozen. It's three people, right? It's, it was four. Okay. It was four. That Slightly is less, than less than half a dozen. Mm -hmm. um, she but, got you by the math. Yeah, this is, this is a different kind of Star Trek movie well, in a good way. Well, I wanted to ask you, like, what is your, what is your Star Trek lore? Because, like, who's here because you love Star Trek and you love, yeah. So there's okay. a lot of wonderful Trek fans oh, here. That's weird. There's Star Trek fans in it's this It's weird. Movie. It's so weird. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I'm a fan of Star Trek, but I'm by no yeah. means an encyclopedic super fan, as I'm sure some of our friends here are today. How do you feel about Star Trek, specifically, like, the Kirk right. song? So I, I didn't grow up on the Kirk Spock TV show. It was the movies and yeah. then Star Trek The Next Generation. That was kind of like everyone has their own like gateway. And for me, it was the movies. Like I kind of jumped in at the Wrath of Khan at a very young age. And then like the movies were the ones that, it, that, that I was excited with. Mm -hmm. but, but then it was Star Trek The Next Generation that was really kind of like my Star Trek, you know. Um, so I only really knew... You know, it's like people made fun of them for being, you know, senior citizens on adventures. But that's the Star Trek that I knew. Yeah, I'm all for senior citizens on adventures. Yeah. <laughs> on, a, on exactly this kind of adventure. Yeah, and then the they're, they're even older in, in like, the, the Picard series mm -hmm. finale. Yeah. yeah. But that's fine. That's Are okay. you a big Star Trek guy, Kyle Olson? Uh, I actually, my story is almost identical to Nathan's. Because the uh, same thing, like uh, Star Trek, the 60s series was on in syndication, I guess, by the time yeah. that we were growing up. Mm -hmm. And so it was on, and, and every, you had to be aware, by the time the 80s rolled around, like everyone knew Kirk and Spock just because it was part of the culture. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the same thing, I never really watched any of the episodes much, even though I, I sort of do it around. And it mm -hmm. was Star Trek Two that, yeah. that I went to see in movie theaters. And after that, it was like, oh, this is what Star Trek is. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. And then so, it turns out that movie is not like any <laughs> other no. Star Trek movie. Yeah. Wrath of Khan is a gateway drug. Yeah. yeah. It really there, is. There, there's, that's but the, it's, it's also being switched, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. like, there's uh -huh. not really anything that's like Star Trek Two. Yeah, you well, you the, don't get until they stole Star Trek Two and remade it later on. I, I, I think, Abrams, I think the one of the truths, whether we like it or not, is that 
there have been many types of Star Treks. Yes. And many different things of what Star Trek is. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like if all, you come in at the movies, good. they're adventure movies. Yeah. yeah. You know, with maybe the exception of like, there's no like real violence in this one. This one oh, is kind no. of like the the upbeat character fun adventure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but they're, the, the movies are more or less adventure movies. The original Star Trek are, is very kind of science fiction yeah. parables and and things like that, which. Gene Roddenberry tried to have Next Generation be, and then once he wasn't really in charge of Next Generation, it then became its own thing. And mm-hmm. then pe- there's people who are very much into mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine, or Woo. even the the new Star Trek. You know, yeah. so it's it's always been different things. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. a lot better. Yeah, that's a great movie. And so so there's been a lot of different Star Treks, and this one is is very different. Yes. And it's, so it starts out where the gang is in trouble. They've gotten themselves into some deep, deep trouble. And everyone at the Federation of Planets is real mad at Kirk. What is the, the Klingon uh, com, uh, who's especially mad calls him a rogue and a devil? And a, what did you remember uh-huh. what he specifically calls him? Oh, yeah. Well, he was an ambassador. He's laying it on thick. But he was so mad. He was yeah. so mad. He's like, no, he's a renegade, and he, they demand justice because apparently um, uh, Kirk blew up a whole bunch of Klingons and a whole entire Enterprise in the search for Spock. Right. Is that correct? That's true. Is that right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> he blew up, he really blew up the Enterprise, really, but good. Um, and everyone's mad. So they're in exile on Vulcan. Spock was dead. <laughs> yep. And Look, we're not covering Star Trek Three on this <laughs> yeah, there's, one. There's, yeah, a, there's yeah. a lot to unpack in yeah. Star Trek Three. Uh, but he's like retraining his brain, and he has to learn about whether or not he has feelings. Um, uh, what did you guys think of that scene where he's doing the little like beep bop boop boop test? <laughs> yeah. Well, I. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. That, that's so good. Um, I, I guess to the, the, the filmmaker in me, in me um, but the way to kind of preface the, the umbrella that kind of goes over all of this movie mm-hmm. is Leonard Nimoy. Like mm-hmm. Le, so, Leonard Nimoy directed this. Um, yay, yay, Leonard Nimoy. Directed. Yay, Leonard Nimoy. And it's not really too much of a surprise that Spock has the character arc in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But the the real big thing is that Leonard Nimoy like. So in the stuff that he's directed, it's like modern, like romantic comedy stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And so it's not typical action. It's so this is very much more kind of like the stuff that he's done. Right. Which is about people. It's about kind of very loose modernistic, like camera work. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much about people and people and in comedic situations that are more relatable. So it's it's not a surprise the kind of tone shift that this movie has over some of the other ones, you know. So he also directed Star Trek Three, unless I'm wrong. Um, yeah, no, that's true. And and that was really more him doing a Star Trek movie, but in this one he got a lot more leeway to kind of mm-hmm. do more of the stuff that he likes to do, and I think for the the better. Yeah. You know? And so do you think it was like a nice moment to have with him and his mom where the mom's just like, well, too bad for you. You have feelings. <laughs> You're going to have to feel them eventually. She's like, I th- have we go through this again? Like, I, I, how old are you? Mm-hmm. We've had this conversation how many times? Yeah. You're half human. Deal with it. 
Deal yeah. with it. Yeah, it's interesting you, when you talk about uh, like what he's like as a filmmaker because after this, the next thing he went on to do is Three Minutes of Baby, which is yep. much more similar in tone to like Star Trek Four than it is mm-hmm. to uh, you know Star Trek Three. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's a, very much in that light comedy, yeah, character-driven thing. Mm-hmm. Guys, he directed Three Men and a Baby. That's right. wild. This the next ears, uh-huh. like the next, like he was prepping it yeah. while he was wearing the ears. Like, yeah, come on. Like, well, it's you like don't the, want to take those years off. Blazing Saddles thing mm-hmm. when you're, yeah. you know, like, how do you do it at the same time? So the gang has to, just, they all decide that they got to go back to Earth and, like, take their medicine and, like, mm-hmm. be in trouble. Um, but when they're on the way, and they have to fly this, like, Klingon warship mm-hmm. that With, they uh, stole. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody is happy about it. Everybody has complaints. <laughs> Everybody is, like, mad about the, like, Scotty's mad at the Klingon food. Uh-huh. And they're all mad that they have, like, that you have to read the Klingon how-to manuals and stuff. Uh, Meanwhile, there's this probe that's zipping through space, yelling at people. And everybody it yells at uh, gets neutralized and and basically gets shut down. But my take was, and let me see if you guys agree, did all those people die? They just got neutralized on spaceships, and we see the we see one guy who's like not looking at the camera, and he's like look, gazing off into space, like we hope that our engineer will let us stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> we're not sure. Well, but we're hopeful. Do you so think they all died? I, I, you know, let's not be fools. I'm sure someone died. Yes. Yeah, so yes. But so but, yes. but uh, yeah. So it it basically turned off all their power. Right. So, so probably the initial people at the beginning are in a lot worse shape than the later were. people on yeah. Earth. So you don't think when it just when it got further away, it just their power came back on? There were some people that we saw their power come back on. Okay. Like the people at Star Dock. It's like, oh, hey, well, that wasn't it so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, but there were a couple people out in space who seemed pretty stressed out. Yeah, it's, but it does seem that it happened because, you know, the time travel, they arrive again at the point that they left. Like, if it was a, for a full week, they'd be screwed. They'd all be dead. Yeah, they'd all be dead. Well, okay, what do you guys think out there? The people who were, were being uh, hit by the probe and neutralized and just left... Like those first co- couple of ships. Those first couple of ships, like the one with the guy with the cool, like, rock star yeah, hair. Right. Yeah. Uh, are they alive? No one thinks they're alive. They're, I mean, you think we got a handful of people who think they're alive. I, I actually have read the book to come back as a movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I know at least, like, as per normal, the Klingons lost a few ships because they tried picking a fight. Okay, sure. the Klingons sure. tried to fight it. Yeah. Well, but it, some people didn't make it, but most everyone, like, once they realized what they were doing. Okay, perfect. So in true Star Trek fashion, most people lived. Yes, and the a ones who died happened died. off screen, so we don't have to think. And the Klingons mm-hmm. smashed into it because they were like angry sure. with it. Right. It was a good day to okay. die. Yeah. So you're the facts guy for the rest of this. <laughs> no. I'll have a wild well, stipulation, it, and you'll have the answer. It depends on if you consider the books to be canon or not. I'm not saying yes or no. You can make right. your own decision. I'm saying if you cho- if you choose it, the canon of the. Well, this book is a movie. Well, that's podcast. a different panel. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a different thing. So. <laughs> Do they cover that in Star Trek Five? I don't think they I'm do. I'm not sure. I've, no. I've not seen Star Trek Five. I've seen but up to four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's gonna be a whole different conversation. Yeah, I, I was watching this. Well, with my I, I made the joke. It's like I can't believe they just went from four to six and never made a five. <laughs> 
Oh, I so you have, like, honest. I have Indiana Jones. There's only been uh-huh. three. Got I was it. watching this last night uh, with my husband for the second time I was watching it, and we were like, it, I was having a good time. It was fine. Yeah. And then he was like, you know what? We should watch five after this. And I was like, oh, oh, good. Oh, yeah. I'm good. I needed this one to be fresh. Burn. I'm yeah. going to yeah. yeah. have to sit Dorian down. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he was into it. I feel, I, not to get off subject, but I feel like three was oh, the best of the odd bad movies. I'd agree with that. You know? like it's, e- it's either three or one, isn't it, right? We've got some real love for three in the audience, I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. We it's got Christopher Lloyd yeah. in it. So, I mean, you know. It's got Christopher Lloyd. It's got Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, he's the Klingon really they killed. I mean, is that right? Hot yeah. take Christopher Lloyd is really talented. But yeah, no, he's he really was talented. actually a really good. He was not. He was like, yeah, he was He was, He was. was a cold SOB on that. Yeah. Really well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, they, they go from Vulcan back to Earth, but in the way they find out that this probe has been like destroying everybody. And when it gets mm-hmm. to Earth, it basically immediately vaporizes the oceans and is like really causing everyone to have a really bad day. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's zapping into the oceans and making the sound, which I read the sound that the ship makes though, like wah, 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 wah is Leonard Nimoy's voice oh. that he like went to the sound engineer uh-huh. and was like, I, you, all the sounds you're bringing me are not what I want it to sound like. I want it to sound like this. Now slow that down. And the sound engineer was like, record. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you want it to sound like you going so that's what it, so that's what it is. Wow. Yeah. Wow, he might have been in the recording booth recording his role in Transformers the movie. And that mm-hmm. came out in 86 as well. Yeah. Going Leonard Nimoy was a busy guy then. He yeah. is. He's everywhere yeah. with yeah. Uh So, of course, the cast of the, the cast. What are they called? The crew. The crew. Thank you. Like, can you tell I'm a theater person? <laughs> <laughs> the starring cast of the Enterprise are the only ones to figure out that if they're beaming the sound into the water, we should try and listen to it like it's under the water. And bibbidi bobbidi boo it's whale song. Not only is it whale song, it's humpback whale song, but unluckily for us, there's no more humpback whales. So and they immediately get the idea, what's the solution? Time travel. We're first, go back first, in idea. Time. first idea, best idea, right? <laughs> first idea, best idea, yeah. We go back in time to when there were whales, we get some whales, we come back to this time that we're in, we dump those whales in the ocean, and we hope they have good news for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in, in his, it's like, so the, you know, uh, Kirk posts a video to Starfleet Command and he mm-hmm. says, we are going to attempt time warp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so get out the Klingon manual. Like yeah. I, get... I found the page. I found right. the page on time warp. I mean, time travel in this movie, it does not seem like that big of a deal at all. It's literally no big deal. They're like, oh, well, maybe we'll die and crash into the sun. Right. <laughs> maybe we'll overshoot and end Probably up in the dinosaur not. time. Yeah. It'll be I, a real short movie. Unlikely, the sci-fi to magic scale, yeah. there's a lot more kind of magical sci-fi like here with like the probe turning anything, everything off. And then, oh, we're just gonna, yeah, we're going to engage time warp. There wasn't any like, can that be done? Yeah. You know, well, of even, course it can. Even Bones is like, really? We have to time uh, travel? All right. We're right. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be the voice of reason. Like, time travel? Are you crazy? But they've seen a lot of things yeah. in their five year missions. So. In fairness, the voice wrote Cat a few times on his 
True. It's That's yeah. It's oh, okay. it's now a shortcut key. Wasn't quite it is. At the point, well, and we needed to get to 1986 because mm-hmm. uh, we want them to spend some time in in San Francisco in 1986. Yeah. And guess what? They do. <laughs> they make it. They survive their time travel jump, and they uh, they just they don't land anywhere else. They follow they follow the sound of whales that they find from space directly to San Francisco. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. They're, like, they're out there and Uhura's like, I hear whales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go there. And, and then I also like just, I, I also like that they're all, because Starfleet Command is in San Francisco. Yeah, so they, and right. so I like the idea that they're all familiar with it and they're visiting it in the 80s. Yeah. And so that's cool. I think that's cool too. You know, I like it. That's just extra little spice. I also love when you, when we get to 1980s, San Francisco, we go from being on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise to like, bow, 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 music. music. <laughs> <laughs> the streets of San Francisco, <laughs> people walking, stoplights, taxis, smoking everywhere. Everyone's smoking yeah. on the streets. <laughs> uh, and, and they're like bewildered, uh, but they're like all just like wandering around. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of, you know, William Shatner's here. What do we think of Kirk? Do we love Kirk? Do we find him a little gruff? Is he a little grumpy? Do we like his love adventure? What are your feelings on Kirk? Oh, I don't I think uh, I, I was uh, interested going back to this. How are they going to, how do they balance having like eight main characters? You know, yeah. you, have to, like, you have to have something to all the crew to do. So he gets the love story, which I guess is fine because it's Kirk. Uh, but the rest of the people, they, they always were trying to find something for them to do. Uh, I, I read uh, that there was a scene actually with Sulu they shot. He was going to meet a kid on the street who saw him and ran up to him and started uh, you know, speaking to him. I think it was uh, speaking in Chinese. Uh, and they were going to have a little conversation. And, and the kid was going to run away. And they're going to be like, oh, who was that kid? And he's like, oh, that was my great, 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 great grandfather. Like they figured it just by talking, they figured it out because oh, you look like me. It's like well, I got a reason. But apparently, the kid they cast was terrible, Aww. and they couldn't use any of the footage. Like Aww. he just wasn't doing the stuff. So yeah, once again, it forces George Takei. Uh-huh. It's a big moment, and then they cut it out. Yeah, he it, really does nothing except find a helicopter. Yeah. I think that's what it was because he makes a big thing like, hey, my family's from here, setting up a future plot point, and mm-hmm. then you know, just gets to fly a helicopter, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, yeah I. I, I the, I avoided the Kirk question. These ensemble I, movies, it's so tough for them to find everything. For, like, I feel like the movies now, or or basically from like Star Trek Six, got it right. Yeah. Of giving everyone kind of a piece of the puzzle, something to do. Yeah. If they don't have an arc, then at least they have like an interesting yeah. bit of business they need to do. But yeah, it, it took it took them a while to kind of learn. I felt to learn that lesson of giving. Everyone something to do on yeah. these. Yeah, because they have they have their little tasks. So yeah. Sulu's got to go find a helicopter. Because yeah, like originally Scotty with the TV phones. show, it's like you've got the three three main leads, and right. everyone's are like doing ass- whatever assistants. They're like employees, right? You know? um, the two, the uh, Scotty and Bones, have to go find something that can turn the inside of the Cleon vessel into a, a whale habitat, essentially. So. Uh, their job is to basically invent transparent aluminum. Which is great. The two of them together are great. Yeah. No. So they really bend the rules a lot. They go to a factory uh-huh. that's manufacturing plexiglass and they're like, How Stuart Pankin is there from not necessarily the news. 
Who is it? Stuart Pankin, uh, the guy who's who's running the. Oh, he's the yeah. Yeah, he's a comedian. He was a big guy in the eighties. He did a head show up on the Saturday News. I think he was the voice of the di the, the dinosaur from Dinosaurs. What was the oh, name sure, of the sure. name? The dinosaur from Dinosaurs. The main dinosaur in Dinosaurs. Um, and so they basically uh, have to invent transparent aluminum for mm -hmm. him. Yeah. But my favorite part of that whole thing is when Scotty is like trying to deal with the computer and at first he's just talking to it. Computer. <laughs> computer. Like I feel that's even more like relevant now. It's like, oh yeah, I gotta understand how he'd make that yeah. mistake. And yeah. then he talks into the little, he talks yeah, into the mouse. Uh -huh. yeah, computer. Like, like, Macintosh. Cracks the old knuckles. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Right, that was, I think that was really cool. Why like, would he have those skills? Yeah. At first he's like my dad, like A, B, but then he's like, then he's flying. Yeah. And he's just like, beep, yeah. boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. So they're playing real fast and loose with the prime directive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, watching this, like having, having him do that, where you get the, the grandfather paradox, the Terminator thing, mm -hmm. like who created the thing. The, but at the same time, Kirk's doing that across town too. Like he's selling back the glasses that Bones is gonna buy from that same store and give to him. So like, where did they come from? You know, it's that whole, it's the grandfather. Uh -huh. Yeah, and he gets a hundred dollars. He gets a hundred dollars and he's like, lot? is that a lot? And the guy's <laughs> like, sure. And then he goes and, and gives money to everybody else. He gives everybody 20 bucks. Yeah. And from then on, money problem solved. Money. Like, like, but, Except for when he's out to dinner, like, when he's out to dinner with his uh, lady doctor love, yeah. he, the waiter comes and says the most 80s phrase ever, who gets the bad news? <laughs> uh, and, and she's like, don't tell me they don't uh -huh. use money in the 23rd century. And he's like, well, they well, don't. Uh -huh. I got 20 bucks. So do you see when, when she returned him to the park, mm -hmm. he kept the leftovers. He did. <laughs> and, and Scotty was there. Like, he was still working. Them, he needed food. It's a pizza. Yeah. And he's holding it upright. <laughs> Just proving that he does not understand modern pizza. <laughs> or gravity. Uh -huh. He's too advanced almost to really understand these everyday things like how to hold a pizza. Um, we haven't even we haven't even met her yet. So they, they find that the only these two humpback whales are in captivity in an aquarium nearby, mm -hmm. and that's where he meets uh, the Lady Love, who is the whale doctor. Doctor Lady Love. Doctor Science. Doctor Scientist Lady Love. And I, I think they filmed this at, at I think they filmed this at, at Monterey Bay. Monterey Bay oh. Aquarium. Yeah. Yes, they did. Um, and it's kind of sad because they've got these two humpback whales in like the teeny tiniest little cage. What's a water cage? A tank. A tank. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> a water tank. And they can, they, they've got the enough room to kind of turn right around. Yeah. What's that? What is, is the trivia game happening right now? It is. Uh -huh. You win. Tank. It's called like, a tank. Okay. <laughs> um, so they're like, okay. These are the whales. We learned that the whales are kind of in jeopardy because the uh, aquarium can't afford to keep them. So they're going to dump them into the wild. Uh, and uh, Kirk is like, this In like is a perfect. jumbo jet? Didn't they say they were going to put In a plane, in a special 747. So it can be done. Why didn't they just hijack that plane? Wait, so does the plane like slow down and stop in the water? Or does it like hit eject? Yeah. It's like the firefighting planes. Have they, they have they created like a slide that they're gonna like Have you not seen Operation Dumbo Drop? Because they covered all of this in it. Uh. I love the idea of the slide. What the mutual groan that you can tell that they're a podcasting team. 
I love the idea of the slide, though, that would be so yeah. cool. They're going to deploy one of those, like, inflatable things that comes out <laughs> on a water landing, and these two whales are just going to slide out. But um, Dr. Science Lady Love is really concerned that they're going to get whaled. Uh, <laughs> um, Harpoon, thank you. You win the other trivia. Uh -huh. um, yeah, whales. You're whaling. They'd be whaled. They'd be whaled by whalers. Yes. The past tense of whaling would be whaled. So. Man, the English language sometimes. Yeah, that's fine. Uh huh. Right. Well, yeah, and it was. They heard. They, they, they heard. They heard so about excited. it. Well, if like there's two whales in captivity, let's just moor off of the coast mm -hmm. of California and yeah. wait. Yeah, and wait. But yeah. they take them up to Alaska. So there's like these two guys in Alaska are just like, there's going to be two more humpback <laughs> whales, everyone. We ride at dawn. So, so apparently they're speaking Finnish. So Finland oh. is the bad guy in this movie. Wow, oh. Finland. Finland. I knew they'd give us trouble. Country where I quite want to uh, But it's 1986, and I, apparently there's still <laughs> whaling happening in 1986. I, Actually, yeah. I think they're still whaling. Happening. Yeah, I think they're still whaling happening they're now. Whaling happening. They're still whaling happening now. There's some of the oh, just Finland. Just Finland. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Finland. Get you go it east from together. California, you'll find a lot of the countries over on the other side of those waters. Tend to still, still whaling it up. Still whaling it up. Oh, that's really it up. a bummer. Dolphining yeah. it up. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, I feel like there's a lot more dolphins than humpback whales. Yeah, not if they have anything to say about it. Okay, all right. Well, let's not. I feel like we've taken a week. Ugh. Boy, <laughs> things got dark. Thanks, Finland. So, but uh, they need all the pieces of this puzzle to come together. They need uh, uh, Scotty and Bones to get the aluminum invented, manufactured, mm. and I love that. It's and like, delivered to them. Wait, aren't we changing the timeline? Yeah. What if this was the guy who invented it? Yeah. yeah. Well, he is now. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. What's that? Scotty said basically uh, to uh, uh, Dr. McCoy, uh, how do we know he didn't invent it? Uh -huh. Yeah, how do we know? Well, uh, yeah, he, he should have said, well, he is now. He's the guy who invented it now. Yep. Um, this is what gets a temporal cold war. See, stuff like mm -hmm. this. Stuff like this. But they, the, speaking of timelines, he invents it. They get over that shock. They manufacture it and deliver it within a day. Yeah. Within one day. Yeah. I mean, now that's a good company. Yeah. Right. They, knew, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, the good old days. The plexiglass. When America was great. Right. And I gotta say, for being the, the, the 80s, which now, when now people did, go back, right. things are pretty rough. Everyone is super nice to them. Yeah. Like, even the soldiers who are like, hey, there's that guy, he, a Russian spy's on there. Tackle him. Like, you have guns. <laughs> like, no one shoots a check off at all. Like, everybody they meet is, is, is just super accommodating and, mm -hmm. and gives them so much leeway of just Sir, like, I'm so well, sorry. clearly We're these middle aged dudes are, are <laughs> up to something, but ah, just kick them out. Just, yeah. just kick them out. Spock would have been arrested if he dived into that pool. Oh yeah, Spock does dive in and like mind melt with the whales in like what is probably the sexiest scene. <laughs> the you can see else? what Vulcan underwear looks like. Uh, I'm into it. <laughs> it's a one piece number, and I, I think uh, I'm all for it. Um, so what the what Uhura and uh, Chekhov were doing was trying to find nuclear. Wessels, <laughs> which is the funnest thing to say. Uh, they got to find the nuclear vessels in order to absorb enough 
nuclear cast-off energy to recrystallize the dilithium. Right, they've run out. Their vertebrae has run out of power. Yeah, it has run out of power, and they need the nuclear power. Mm-hmm. But they just are going to siphon it off. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. So that's their task. Unfortunately, they run into a spot of bother. Uh, as like uh, Chekhov can't get beamed up in time and so he um, leads them on a merry chase he does well first he gets interrogated which like in in, uh, when we talk about the 80s movies we talk about them holding up a lot so far this movie's holding up pretty okay yeah don't we think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's one he uses the R word though yes he does in the the interrogation that made me like jump back and cringe Um, but in one word per whole 80s movie is a win. True. Yeah. It's Very a win. Uh, but they're interrogating him, and he's just like, I'm Pavel. I'm from the Federation. I'm here to inspect your vessel. And, uh, and then he runs out the door. <laughs> <laughs> he runs out the door and trips and falls and hits his head. Really, really, really hard. Like, they think he's going to die. And so, right at the end, we have to go on a little rescue mission. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's an A's movie, so there has to be a big medical scene. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In in time travel movies, like, the the fun is, like, the, the... the juxtaposition of like what their technology is and what our technology is mm-hmm. and so the whole like medical doctor scene is just yeah. full of so much fun yeah. of like bones yeah, it's like right. what is this the dark ages yeah. what you need you and there's know? a lady who's like he gave me a pill and I grew a new kidney uh-huh. <laughs> and she's and, and, just running through the halls he gave yeah. me a pill I, I, I also love the fact that apparently McCoy just carries that on him yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been away from the Federation away from replicators or whatever they had uh, you know, in that program thing, he's just like, no, no, I got that. Like, well, that's like how I have that bill in my purse right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no medical side order. He's just like, oh, just a couple chemicals, and there you go. He yeah, there me. you go. He's um, a miracle worker. He is, and he, but I think he should have stayed and cured a bunch more people. Yeah. You don't you guys think? Well, then he's then he's affecting. The, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That would have uh, yeah affected well, the timeline more. Yeah. <laughs> more than saving but, that lady. But how do we know that kidney. guy didn't grow his own liver? Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. But I did like the part where they're they're um he's they're locking the other doctors away so they just slam their way into the secure wing where this like. Yeah. Russian enemy of the United States that was found on a nuclear vessel is just being held, just casually, being held for surgery. Uh, and Bones is all mad and grumpy, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, you're gonna cut into his brain. Get yeah. out of here, you." And we, as an audience, we want Bones to denigrate our modern science. We do. Yeah. We want so badly to believe it's gonna get better someday. <laughs> 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 we want to look back and say it's so cute. But what do you guys think of Kirk in that moment where he's just like, I know, I know, this guy's crazy. Let's get you, to a, <laughs> let's get you out of here. Let's get you in this room and lock you The power in. of his command. Uh-huh. Like those he people, is. Like, they just, he just mm-hmm. sort of like, the power look, of charisma just pushes I'm, yeah. them out the door. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, I'm as pissed as you guys. <laughs> yeah. Who's that guy? Yeah, who is that guy? Let's Keep moving over there. Him. All right. Keep yeah. up, poop. We uh-huh. locked you in. Uh, and he puts the little, like, what would you call that? The, the, thing the medical put, magical headband. The magical medical headband on his head and saves Chekhov. And then we gotta make it back to the ship in time. 
because we gotta save these whales, you guys. <laughs> we gotta save them. They get they get stolen away from her in the dead of night. But why? So here's what I thought, though. Maybe and she slaps her employer. Yeah, she does. That's well, why she can't return to the past. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's circle back, though. Let's talk about the love story a little bit, because I mean, calling it a love story is really being like overly generous to it. It's like a single man and a single woman. It's a woman. like story. It's a like story. It's really friendship, but I'm trying so hard to like project love oh, on you're shipping uh -huh. I'm shipping them for sure. Because uh, they have this, uh, she drives a truck, you guys. Yeah. That's how you know she's mm -hmm. not like With a bumper sticker that says, I heart whales. Yeah. That's how you know that yeah. she's not. Uh, she's not like the other girl. I felt she's not girl an like ordinary that. girl. You love no. her? Uh, no, continue. Well, what is it? <laughs> Nothing. You are you looking for a girl with a truck and a, a bumper sticker that says I heart whales? No, I had a girl with a truck. That had a bumper sticker that said I heart whales. Is this the beginning? Let's of move on. Okay. <laughs> Just trying to get to know you better, Nathan. We've been podcasting together for five years. We're about to launch into a country song. So yeah. Beer away. Um, Back to whales. They go out to dinner, they have Italian together. She tells him sort of the whole story, except she won't give up their radio frequency, which turns out to just be 401 megahertz. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a secret code or something. It's like they could have stumbled onto that with enough trying, I feel like. Um, what did you guys think about their sort of romance? <laughs> it's nice, it's, you know, it's not forced. Yes. Uh, because Kirk has to stay on mission. Mm -hmm. She thinks he's a weirdo. Mm -hmm. you he know? is a weirdo. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I think they threaded that needle just right. And I think if it would have been pushed any further, it would have been weird. Yeah. yeah. You know? And she doesn't go head over heels for him. Yeah. So like, Ooh, this guy. And they don't really smooch. No. Yeah. They have one little kick. Quick, quick, quick pack on the cheek. I can't say the word. Quick pack. Quick pack. Quick pack. Quick pack on the cheek. Quick pack on the cheek. Uh, but they don't have like a big smooch session or anything. Right. And she doesn't even give him. She won't even give him her phone number at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have phone numbers in the twenty third century? Uh, but he's like, give me your phone number, chicky baby. And she's like, how about I find you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me. Uh, yeah. Don't call me. I'll call you. Um, but I thought it, like, it added a nice little dimension to them having uh, someone from the outside come in. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you guys think of the part where she boards the Starship Enterprise? And well, it's essentially like, I'm coming with you. This is why it's good when you have Scotty on the transporter control, because... There's Kirk being away, and she jumps in. Now, anyone will know that that is a recipe for disaster. You're going to end up with Brundlefly. Like, but Scotty, being good at his job, goes, oh, now there's two, and just separates the beam and brings them both in and does it. But, you know, that could have been ended in disaster. But, yeah, but once again, then we get back to temporal causality, because now she has been removed from the timeline and moved into the future. So yeah. apparently that's okay. Apparently that's okay, and whatever she's gonna bring to the future, like no one, they're so she mad. Was have at zero her. impact in 1987. Yeah. Well, I, I think all, all pretty a lot of time travel movies from the 80s were pretty loosey goosey, and it was about <laughs> what felt good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then later, as enough of those stories were told, then it's it was more about the consequences of it as things got, you know, Whereas a little darker. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, there is a running bit throughout the movie, which I loved, which is that uh, people in 1986 apparently swear every <laughs> other word, and that's how you get people to listen to you. So what, what does he call them, Nathan? Oh, colorful, colorful, yeah, colorful metaphors. Colorful <laughs> metaphors. Uh, so Spock does say to the science doctor lady at some point, they are not the hell your whales. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's one of my favorite bits one of my favorite running bits through the movie is how quickly Kirk's like, well, double dumbass to you. Yeah. And Spock's like, I've noticed you're swearing at people a lot. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? I would like are to you also okay? swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have any favorite uh, favorite moments, favorite bits, favorite things before we get to the end? Oh, I think yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's I, probably the most famous scene from this movie, I think. What, which one? Uh, on the bus, right? Yeah. Right. So I mean, that's I mean, that's one of the most famous things, and I think that's it's amazing because that, if for those you don't know, that's Kirk Thatcher, who is a producer on this movie, uh, and also is a huge part of the Henson Company. He is a Muppeteer. He is a performer. He is still around, uh, and he would be happy to talk to you about anything other than this, uh, <laughs> because he has done so much work in his life, and every time he goes, "You're the guy on the bus," uh, but not only did he was he that and did that. Himself. He wrote the music and performed it. So the song you're hearing on his thing is his band that he did. Uh, and then he then ended up reprising that role in Star Trek Picard. When they travel back in time, he's the same guy like, <laughs> later on in his life and then immediately has changed his life because of Spock. Like you find out that they're like, hey, he's like, oh no, it's a pipe. Like he's like, now his learned manners. Aww. Yeah, and also he shows up in Spider-Man: Homecoming. He's the same guy. He's on the streets of New York when the guy goes, "Hey, Spider-Man, do a flip." That Kirk Thatcher is in costume as that guy standing next to him, going, "Yeah!" Wow. He's an amazing guy. He's on the he's on the concert. If you ever get a chance to talk to him, he's great. Wow, that was some really right? like deep hardcore knowledge. Yeah. That, and what we, the way we talk about Brock Peters, because I got a bunch of stuff about him too. Who's Brock Peters? I'll, I'll tell you, but, yeah. but I, I, Nathan has wants to talk oh, about his okay. So the bus scene, obviously. The bus All right. scene. All right. uh, for me, it, it's very quick, but it's the I love Italian, and so I love Italian. Yeah, because <laughs> so it, it just seems so natural. That again, that's the this movie gets so much from the charm of the actors. Yeah. That are in this, and they just kind of let them ride with it, and mm -hmm. I and I just love how. Uh, how great that that comedic moment is between Spock and Kirk. Yeah. I just wanted to show this picture before I forgot to show it. Oh, speaking of oh, yes. Spock and Kirk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's your favorite moment? Yeah. You love it? Uh, okay, so tell us about Brock Peters. So Brock Peters is uh, in the original, when they, after they have the, the probe meets the ship, they go, they cut back to Star Trek Command. There's the, the president, which always like, there's always, the president's always super ineffective in every Star Trek yeah. thing. He's just, he's just a guy. In but fact, then next in to fact him, with the president, the, the Spock's dad has to be like, maybe yeah. we should warn people not to come to Earth. Like, oh, yeah. right, oh, right, yeah, right. Like, we just, should do that. Yeah. But I'm uh, the president of Earth. I don't care well, about that. He's <laughs> not the president of Earth. Of everything he's else. He's the president on Earth. Oh, right. So Brock Peters is the guy who plays the admiral that's with them. Yeah, admiral so, Cartwright. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, thank you. Uh, handsome black dude. Uh, but like, not only does he, is he in this the whole thing and, he, and makes it, like he makes it to the end, uh, but he uh, comes back to Star Trek because he's Cisco's dad. He's, uh, he's Captain Cisco. He comes back as, uh, as and he mm -hmm. runs the restaurant stuff too. Plus, he also played Darth Vader because <laughs> uh, they did, when they did the uh, 
our radio drama series, which was uh, partially That's right. And he was Darth Vader, and he's a really good Darth Vader. So if you get a chance to listen to it, the uh, uh, Star Wars, I, can, I think it's called Star Wars the audio drama. They took the original like New Hope and they basically expanded it out to like I don't know eight or nine hours, and so every every episode you could find out where Leia was doing before she got on the Tantive Four and all that stuff. But he is Darth Vader through the whole thing, and it's great. Brock Peters was amazing, dude. Excellent. More more fun facts right? from Kyle Olsen. Yeah. And but and you also know the other cameo in that scene. Anybody else know the other cameo in that scene? The the lieutenant who's on the screen, the woman the with back. the hair, with the gray oh, hair. No. There you go. There you go. Similar those. Jane Weedland from the Go Go's is a oh. is a, is a, like an ensign. She's like report. She's got a wild like mane of hair, and she's like in the background, just like reporting in. I'm mm-hmm. like, we're also having problems with whales. <laughs> Did she just Pro, love Star, Star Trek? Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to talk just a little bit about the music in this movie because it's so fun uh, when the parts when like Chekhov is escaping and Chekhov is like running away and like Chekhov is. <laughs> Falling to his possible death. Uh, it's almost like the Benny Hill phase. What do you think as a filmmaker of that, of that music selection? Well, I, I, that's the interesting. So obviously this was uh, because it's set in the 80s that they could do something a little more contemporary, a little more like fun and, mm-hmm. and, and just going with the, um, the, the tone shift of this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's also just so much modern music in there too. You know, mm-hmm. um, I I feel like it's re- you know again it's not to circle back to it, but it's again Leonard Nimoy trying to make it a different type of Star Trek movie. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, I thought it was very fun, very playful, and and it made it less dire. Like it's a you yeah. know you can yeah. imagine like what is like. Yeah. Just with musical choice of how dark that moment could have been of yeah. of of Chekhov running, <laughs> you know, being in yeah. an aircraft carrier running and yeah. then guys with guns chasing after them. Right. Um, and I and I love how that was all the Godfather with that. Yeah. Slow mo of him falling off the side. Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 then the casting is so great because like you a hundred I mean, those guys probably were actual military probably. people, just the <laughs> yeah. way of of how they spoke, you know, all the, um, mm-hmm. and and just how it all worked, like it was just super realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yet light and fun at the same time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought this movie was a good movie. There's one other line that I wrote down uh, where she comes on to board to the Enterprise and she's like, you have to let me stay. I am a whale scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Period. End of sentence. And then she goes on to make the point that no one in the 23rd century is going to know what to do with these whales that they're suddenly going to uh, flip-flop down onto the planet Earth. I mean, there, there's still other whales on yeah. Earth at but this point. But there's no humpback whales. Yeah. So now yeah. she's an expert on maybe five animals? Three. There's going to be three. Well, I don't know how many... Calves how many is it just one? Uh-huh. I don't, I don't, oh, I don't, I don't know. know. Humpback whales. I don't know if it's multiple ones. I was trying to Up to five? Stuff. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. But I'm saying like she's the expert on... Those ones specifically. Yep. Only I those. Guess. You know, she could do the job as a historian really easily. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. No, back to the whales. Uh, back to the whales. So essentially, they uh, they go they uh, they land right in front of the whaling ship that's har- in mid harpoon. Awesome! What a great it's shot. It's mid harpoon, and then they like boop boop uncloak. Ha ha ha! We're from space. Sorry, Prime Directive. <laughs> uh, and they scoop up the whales. 
zip-zap-zap zap themselves back to the 23rd century. They're Before we zip-zap-zap, zap, I want to ask Nathan something, though, too. Okay. How do you feel about models? Because this is still the time that every ship you see was a physical ship that they built. Right. So now we're into the full CG stuff, too. But how do you feel about looking back now? Seeing the models. Well, I I certainly enjoy it. It's the compositing that yeah. that throws me off now. Like the line, the yeah. lines of but like the separation. But strong. Yeah. Like like I'm sorry, I'm already disrupting the answer of the question I asked. But when they did for the uh, adding on to Monterey Bay, like yeah. the thing, I was like, it took a second. I'm like, oh right, <laughs> like like everything from the uh -huh. left screen doesn't exist. Yeah, the, that was somebody just drew that. I, I, yeah, the the matte painting um, on on Vulcan was a little rough. Yeah. That yeah. one was a little colorful and, yeah. and, and fanciful, yeah. but um, I, yeah, I, it's, even said, I never usually notice that stuff, and I said, I think that's oh. a map. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and I never usually know. I'm usually yeah, it looks like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It does. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I really love um, the, the original physical, like the physical models, yeah. but for me now, it's it's how it's integrated the compositing that mm -hmm. usually makes it feel dated. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. um, like when it's like I don't know if you like watch some of the um, original Star Wars, but you can like some of the Tie Fighters and the like the asteroid sequence. You can actually see like the compositing like squares around them sometimes. And and when the um, the bird of prey was going towards the sun, you can actually kind of see a little of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that usually gives it off. Like honestly, like. I hate to say it, but like the CG stuff is really good now, but mm -hmm. I do love the models. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah and the models of the about whales it are good. Really being there. Yeah. Um, so they do save the whales. Here's what I don't understand, though: the whales flip flop out of the boat. They swim around. At first, they're not singing, and and Shatner's <laughs> like, "Why? Why won't they sing? Why? Why?" <laughs> they just—they're mm -hmm. so, so they're so jet that, right Yeah. They're like really. What the hell is my day? I've been on a plane twice. Uh, uh, and then finally they do start singing. Uh, and uh, apparently they tell the probe, F off. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, we're Get fine. What is your deal? What, are, yeah. what is the problem here? Please stop burning our planet. And then the probe just goes, oh, oh. You're right. My bad. I'm so sorry. It sucks well, back into itself and flies away. I was thinking about it. It's like, what kind of probe would, like, this? Like, there's got to be liquid water on other planets. What kind of probe would, like, destroy the planet if it didn't get an answer? Right. And, and it's obviously they needed someone to sign an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a creditor. Yeah. I'm not leaving this planet. Uh-huh. I'm not leaving until someone responds. Yes. Um, I, so I did think the end was a little bit silly, but I, but I liked it. So how does this movie, on a scale of 1 to 10, is how we rate our movies at the, the close of the podcast. So on a scale of 1 whale to 10 whales. Mm -hmm. 10 whales being what you hope for. Right. Like, like, right. Ten, ten, 10 is like a perfect movie. Mwah. 10 right. is the, the perfect amount of whales. How do you rate Star Trek for The Voyage Home? Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rate it pretty high. I'm thinking I'm gonna give it an 8.5. 8.5? Wow. Yeah. Half a whale? Half a whale. What? A baby mm, whale. It's a, a baby cat. whale. Grace it's based baby. on a weight. and a cat. Yeah. Um, um yeah, okay. I, I just feel like, I mean, it is more 
fantasy than sci-fi, okay. but it's just so charming. And it's especially charming if you compare it to seeing all the other Star Treks, which I, I really enjoy, but getting them to kind of be in a different type of story, a different mm -hmm. type of movie. Mm -hmm. It's refreshing and it's a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. What about you, Kyle? Well, I rate the last Star Trek on does someone punch a god? Uh, but no. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I think I really scale. So I really, I really enjoyed it, uh, and I was, I was kind of trepidatious going in, like how, like I remember this when yeah. I was younger. I, it's not something I go back to on a regular basis, but I ended up finding myself really charmed by it because everybody is, seems to be having a good time, and like you say, because they found a way to do time travel and lower the stakes. Mm -hmm. So it's not that race against time thing. It's just like, oh no, we're gonna go back the moment we left. We can just screw around and have pizza and <laughs> go swimming. And yeah. It's great. Let's uh, right. So it's, they found a way of serving fun. So I'm going to go with seven fully intact and happy whales. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to go a half whale too because I. <laughs> just I really, a half whale? What's that? Just a half whale? No, no, not just a half whale. <laughs> but there will be a half whale involved. Okay. okay. Um, I thought this was a fun movie and I enjoyed it and I enjoyed watching it. But there are some really slow parts, yeah. and like by and large, it's boring. <laughs> like I had, it took me two times to watching it because I kept like finding other things to do, like laundry and dishes. And be like, well, I could keep finishing. I could finish this, but those dishes are calling to me. So, but I still thought it was fun, and all the parts where you're really like invested, and like everything with Shatner is fun. Everything with Nimoy is great. So I give it six and one half whales. Okay. Six and a half whales. What do you guys think? Shout out your score. <laughs> Just eight, nine, numbers. Nine, eight, nine, eight. Okay, a lot of eights. Eight. Perfect. Okay. Seven. All right, I will let eights. you know. Uh, wait, are there any like twos? Anybody was like whales? No. Boo whales. No, They're boo in whales. the wrong place that they are. <laughs> okay, uh, all right. Everybody the, is pro whale in this room. IMDb gives it 7.3 out of 10, so it gets 0.3 whales. Okay. 7.3 whales. Um, okay, so uh, we, uh, we're running out of time, but I do have some like little trivia prizes uh, for you guys. Um, and so you two have to help me. You have to watch to see who raises their hand uh, oh, first. Uh, and again, we have uh, from me, uh, Neighborhood Comedy Theater stuff, uh, from Kyle, Full Time Dice Hour, and Swashbuckling Adventure, uh, Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society stickers, uh, and from Nathan, nothing. <laughs> I can ki kiss each of them. Please, <laughs> right. please kiss it gently. There all right, excellent. Um, all right, there so uh, this movie, oh, I'll do the easy one first because we actually gave away one of the answers. Uh, name another 80s movie directed by Leonard Nimoy. Oh. <laughs> there was more than, I, I gave one. Yes. There was others. Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> there you go. Uh, possibly the best one that he did. Thank you, here's your prize. Uh, and our next one is, uh, the, this movie features the actual only instance of what famous phrase? From Star Trek. From Star Trek. That's exactly right, beam me up, Scotty. Come get your prize, yay, round of applause for our audience cover and our awesome costume guest. Um, oh, Nathan, where can people find you and support your uh, filmmaking endeavors? Um, yeah, so Squishy Studios is my uh, production company where we make very serious movies at Squishy very Studios. Serious. But yeah, um, we do a lot of comedies, including um, we did a web series called Voyage Trekkers um, about the worst starship crew in the galaxy. Hey, Voyage Trekkers. Um, but yeah, squishystudios.com. 
Uh, and Kyle, where can people find uh, Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society and all the other fun stuff you do? Uh, it is available on all podcatchers of choice, only the best podcatchers of choice. Your favorite, we're there. Um, and, so, and we also are doing a live shows of Swashbuckling. So if, you, uh, if you're like audio drama, great, but can I see the actors' faces? Yes, you can uh, at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater once a month. We are doing it. I don't know when the next one is because we haven't planned it yet. Soon. But soon. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us for this. Uh, please download the podcast. Uh, and uh, we always end the podcast by saying, uh, to keep the most excellent 80s movies podcast model in mind, be excellent to each other and party, party on, on, dudes. My finger is stuck. <laughs>